heroes aren't born, they're built. Get ready for a different breed of heavy metal hero. The Super Marvel Brothers are here to talk about the very first movie in the MCU, Iron Man. So get ready. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of the Super Marvel Brothers. My name is Sam Flowers. I am joined, of course, by my co-host, my brother, Zach Flowers. Are you Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> yeah, that's How's it going, Sam? It's going pretty good. You know, uh, I just rewatched Iron Man uh, last night, actually, at like 9 o'clock. I just started up because... I just forgot about it until the very end. And I was like, well, better get ready for that. So I'm feeling pretty fresh coming off of this rewatch. So uh, that's how I am. What about you? Yeah, I watched it a couple days ago, uh, but I took good notes. So I wouldn't forget anything. Uh, one of the first things, if we want to kick right into it, that I noticed, um, I forgot that this was a Paramount movie. And I know we've been seeing the commercials for Paramount Plus, And I bet they're bummed that they couldn't get all the Marvel <laughs> stuff on their streaming platform now and didn't keep all of the MCU with them because that probably would have helped their yeah. streaming platform. Well, because you have to remember, like, it was before Disney bought them. So I think almost all of the movies in phase one, I'm pretty sure up until maybe the first Avengers movie, are all uh, going to be Paramount or Universal or different distributors from uh, Marvel Studios because they were just, like, such a small company at the time. It wasn't until, I think, after either Iron Man 1 or Iron Man 2 came out that they were like, oh, Let's buy uh, Marvel, but everybody else already had the rights to everything by then. So we're not going to be getting to real Disney nitty grittiness until a little bit later on in these uh, episodes. Yeah, and I think uh, you could definitely see the differences of like, I don't know how Disney likes to run their stuff versus how a different studio because there was like a lot, I think a lot more blood than usually we see in like <laughs> Disney movies oh, or at least a real blood. Iron Man is for sure murdering people in this movie without a doubt. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I kind of loved it really because of that. Like this is definitely one of my favorites, like, probably top five for sure at least out of all the marvel movies we're going to be covering and i really was reminded of how much of this does hold up but also as we'll get into later on i was surprised at some things that didn't really hold up too much but the action sequences for the most part i thought were very well done and i really liked those a lot yeah um i know i mean getting kick, kicks off right away with just like acdc and stuff and gets you to sort of in that like all right we're going like gets yeah. you amped up sort of mode and then in two minutes after they do a little bit of like side talk we're already into some action oh yeah with uh 
you know, the terrorist attack on the <laughs> on the convoy. The the first five minutes of this movie are so awesome, and they just really do a great job of just getting you entrenched and, like, engaged in what the story is. Because instead of just, you know, linearly doing it from the beginning right at the award ceremony and then going to that, they just immediately are like, no, you know Tony Stark is about to get into some, like, deep trouble right here. Like, something's about to be going down. So let's just kick it right into it. And you're just like, holy crap what is going on, and then boom, we get right back to the award ceremony. I like uh, how they're just taking the picture. It makes me think of that family guy with, I call the cell phone tape to the side because I think (laughs) it just blows up when they're taking the pictures out of nowhere. So I like like how it just kicks you right into the action. But yeah, um, I think our, uh, we get right into that, um, after a little bit of action, we get into the award ceremony and we have our first uh, continuity problem with, uh, <laughs> we got uh, the pictures of not the uh, Howard Stark that we see for the rest of the yeah. Disney movies, a.k.a. Not John Slattery from AKA, Mad Men. Yeah, Roger Sterling <laughs> from Mad Men. <laughs> and then we also have Terrence Howard right away. So, Okay, so I got to ask you this because this is one of the questions I had to ask. Were you at all during this movie thinking of Don Cheadle in this role instead of it being Terrence Howard? Cause... I'm, I'm surprised surprised with the way that uh disney likes to uh deep fake and retcon everything they haven't done that yet <laughs> especially for disney plus just had him uh show up one day read some lines and then they digitally put him in the movie just to screw over terrence howard for yeah. some reason <laughs> well because i think when this was being made terrence howard had like he was making the most money out of all the cast members he yeah robert downey jr and jeff bridges because he was like that big of a star at the time which is weird because it's only 2008 and i don't remember him being that big he is really good in the movie though as uh Rhodey. i will give him that i'm like i mean i know don Cheadle's also great and like we're definitely gonna see way more of him and he's more iconic but terrence howard for what he does i think he's pretty good as Rhodey. Yeah, uh, I thought he did a good job, but like, so the, it's just like, just because he's only in the one movie and we've yeah. seen Cheadle and it's so many more times. Yeah, I am just being like, all right, this is like, let's get through this. Like, that's why. <laughs> that's why it's kind of like a big meme now. Right when at the end of the movie, he looks at the Iron Man suit and is like, next time, and it's like, nope, not for you. You're not getting. That's well, not at the end. That's in the middle of the movie. That's like towards the end. That's right. So towards the ending fight scene. It's like right when like the, it's like right at the end of act two. So yeah. Yeah. But I know because I, I knew because I wrote it in my notes and I uh, <laughs> put put a timestamp, all my timestamps. So oh, you put timestamps on yours? <laughs> yeah, on my notes. Yeah. I just put my notes in uh, order of like, this was an act one. This was up to the midpoint. This is in the back two. And this was third act. So yeah, I put my notes because uh, I wanted to like just see how long like these because these movies are all about like two hours except for like the later ones that are three. So yeah. really like spice up and like section up the action and stuff uh and then in night the first and then within the first 10 minutes you can definitely tell there it's not a disney movie because there's the sex scene in minute nine (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah he's having sex with uh ricky bobby's wife that yeah so and then we get introduced to jarvis aka vision as the uh reading off the weather so (laughs) they got paul bettany to just do like these reading parts which the Feige master had like his whole plan already to just have these big actors play like a a voice for the first, like what three movies he's in. Yeah. Well, I mean, he gets to Ultron. 
Well, maybe, yeah, maybe that was Paul Bettany's vis- like idea and vision to have that be vision in the whole time. But Paul Bettany, like, he's always been on record being like, yeah, every Iron Man movie, I'm al- I always think I'm done after that one. Like, especially after, uh, I think it was, he said Iron Man 3, his uh, agent told him, like, you're never going to be able to, like, you're not going to find any more jobs or anything. And then 10 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, then, like in general? <laughs> like, yeah, like, he's going to have trouble, like, finding acting because, like, the marvel stuff like they thought his character of jarvis was done and then like the next day or something marvel calls him up and says hey do you want to play vision so his agent was like a day off on all that so <laughs> what a crappy agent <laughs> I <just tell> you. <laughs> yeah i don't think you're gonna get any more work you will never work in this town again hmm. yeah i know he's kind of weird looking but i don't think he's like too crazy <laughs> i mean i don't know something like that but uh yeah uh also tony stark has an lg flip phone which you know yeah i was counting the uh product placements and stuff in this one there was a lot more in uh this in the iron man ones than there was in uh hulk uh, i watched that one too this week but uh i counted up six okay i think i, uh, I wasn't counting I, I think i only really got the lg flip phone and then another question i have for you is because of burger king being a product place i got yeah they got that that one for sure so i'm kind of wondering about this he's just like we, i want a cheeseburger but was do you think tony stark was a big i a big uh burger king fan or do you think Burger King was just the first stop? Because I think if I'm in the situation, I'm probably going to like McDonald's or Wendy's. I don't think I'm going to Burger King to get my uh, burger. I would associate McDonald's more with Iron Man, especially because it's the same colors. But, you know, Burger King paid those big bucks to Paramount. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I know it's just product placement, big bucks, all that stuff. But <laughs> within the yeah. universe, you think they just pass it up. It was like, oh, we're passing up a Burger King. Let's just get that one quickly. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, just for, it was just the product placement of that. You had the phone. Um, there was another thing. Oh, yeah, they had um, Caesar's Palace, obviously, was in there. And yeah. in the Caesar's Palace, like, in that opening, like, where he's gambling and stuff, like, I, I like, did people – I don't – I was alive then. Did people dress like that in 2008? It looked more like he was, like, dressed for, like, the 60s or something. Well, hey, just remember. I mean, hey, this came out in 2008. The Hanover came play, came out in 2009. So, you know. I'm right. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Sure it was, it was <laughs> more than one year. Did the fashion change that much? <laughs> I, think, I think it was just a production design thing to really keep it more uh, fancy and whatnot because they know, like, no kids at the time probably know how what going to a casino looks like. So let's just try to make it look as fancy as we can i, I guess but yeah that the uh where him in the uh like weird like 60 shirt and then his two uh honeys on his side wearing like those updos and stuff i was like <laughs> uh all right is this a period piece <laughs> <laughs> um once he goes in the cave we're introduced to jensen who essentially saves his life and helps him build the first iron man suit and later on in the movie, he dies. And I'm even wondering here, is he arguably the most important forgotten character in the whole universe? Because if it uh, wasn't for him, we would have no Tony Stark. And he wouldn't have, like, helped him out with, like, yeah, maybe you should come up with another way so that, like, we can escape or something and you don't have to help these guys out or anything. Yeah, I wrote that down. I said uh, at, like, 38 minutes, we get our 
Uncle Ben moment, which is what I'm just calling, because pretty much most yeah. of these have a guy dying <laughs> yeah. that lets them become the hero that was inside them the whole time. Yeah, the but, parental tragedy. Like, that's almost every superhero. Yeah. So we had that moment early in it. But, uh, yeah, I think he is – I don't know. He does. He's underrated uh, to an extent. But I think Tony was already, like, sort of seen, like, what he had – was doing was wrong because it affected him (laughs) yeah so i don't know if he was like as important but i mean he was was just there he needed a guy to help him build it so otherwise then there'd be no movie (laughs) i'm i'm only thinking i can't remember when it is it's sometime in like the end of phase two beginning of phase three like they have a callback to something that happened like three movies earlier and they make that character seem important and it's like well they uh they he tells them he's like oh yeah i met you before and stuff like at like some conference where he was where tony stark was like blacked out or something or yeah did so then they just put that scene in like to a movie i think it was like civil war or something maybe, maybe. where they just like backwards put it in and it's like oh yeah they did meet oh cool <laughs> Maybe I don't, maybe I maybe maybe that's like Iron Man three or something where they do something like that. Yeah, I can't remember, but it's not either Iron Man three or it was in one of the Avengers or Civil War, something like that. Um, another thing that uh, I was thinking, especially when he was in that first uh, suit that he was in when he was in the cave, was it looked so uncomfortable <laughs> to be moving around in that giant bulky armor. Like I know yeah. that I know it's, of course it's the Mark one. Like it's obviously the very first one. So it's not going to have like everything perfect. And he built it in a uh, cave with a box of scraps. Uh, so clearly it's not perfect, but I'm almost, it really was just like, wow, if somebody was walking around in that, they would have to be the most uncomfortable person on the, yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, but it's like heavy. It's all he could do in a in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, by I, the way, those box of scraps, there was like kind of um, not really scary horror, but more of like a like a gore horror, like scene yeah. when they show like the heart connected to the battery or whatever. Yeah. Like She's I thought that was real the bandages. Yeah, I thought that was like a just a cool moment because it was like very uh, gory for like the rest of the just knowing how the rest of these Marvel movies go where they don't really do that because of Disney as much. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like a cool, uh, cool visual to have that. But uh, yeah, that fight scene, that first fight scene um, was seemed like seems like too e- like he almost got out too easy. But again. I guess he was just fighting a bunch of like cave terrorists and stuff. So yeah. it just it, it wasn't the first fight scene wasn't that impressive. I don't think to me it was cool to see him like in that big bulky suit and stuff like that he built in a box with a box of scraps yeah. from the cave. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I wasn't as big a fan of the first fight scene. I uh, I mean I really liked it because of just like I think it was maybe also the music kicking in. I was surprised at how good the music and the score was to this movie of like the heavy guitar of the do 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 do. Like I really I thought that that was so good, and I was like, this does feel like an Iron Man score. Like I don't know what the music form sounds in the other <laughs> movies, but they like nailed it perfectly, and I don't know why they didn't just keep it for everything else in the future. So like when it came in, oh, and especially when like 
it hit that 100% percentage bar and just like the lights started turning down and you just heard like the suit just yeah I mean it was cool and stuff I was just out of the three fights I thought like the actual action part like the lead up because that the whole cave is pretty much two montages broken up with like the intro of the terrorist like leader or whatever yeah it's just like a couple montages of them just building yeah well i mean also then when he's just like my turn and the flames just come yeah. out and shoot at everyone it's cool it's got it's got some good stuff in there uh so then of course he comes back as we already touched on he eats a burger king meal uh also we get introduced to clark Gregg's uh phil colson who's coming fresh off the set of the new adventures of old christine at the time <laughs> So that's uh, that's kicking in. And yeah, the intro to S.H.I.E.L.D. Intro to S.H.I.E.L.D., which I remember because we had the Marvel Ultimate Alliance game and they used S.H.I.E.L.D. as like part of that and whatnot. Yeah. So once that gets said, like, oh, just call a S.H.I.E.L.D., that's when I was like, wait a second, could there be an Avengers movie coming in the future? So <laughs> like, that's how I was just like, oh, man, something something's going on here. Like, even as a 10 year old, I knew because of the video game. Uh, I want to also bring up once he goes to the arc reactor, the big arc reactor, uh, and Jeff Bridges is riding up on the Segway, like aka the dude. Oh, the dude on the Segway with a cigar, like oh man. I just refer to him in my notes as the dude because <laughs> it was too much to write. Obadiah Stane. <laughs> honestly, I mean, and honestly, Obadiah Stane, like he's. I think. Jeff Bridges' character is good when he is Obadiah. To me, I really kind of lose interest in him the second, like, he puts on his big ironmonger suit. Like, I don't know. To me, once he got to that point of the movie, like, towards the end, that's when I was, like, kind of just, like, this isn't, this isn't as interesting, just him in a giant suit. I don't know how else they would do the final battle at the very end, but just once that happened, it just didn't work for me as much. Yeah, I think his character, like, it's the first villain in the first movie of, like, 20 movies. So yeah. it's, like, they're, they're going to get progressively better. But, yeah, those are the things I think we'll run into with these early ones is, like, the villains are sort of just forgettable and replaceable. That's why, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, like, corporate. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, like, he had corporate goals to he, sell more weapons. It's really just, like, Tony's fighting his own company, which, of yeah. course, Obadiah wants to just take over because he just feels like he was the rightful heir to it because Tony came in, like, way later when he was 21 or something, whatever they said in the montage, so... And now he's just like, I want to take it back. That's why he hired the terrorist to essentially take him, so... Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, definitely his, like, sort of, I guess, goals are just, like, it's just, like, oh, yeah, then he's the guy behind, like, the terrorists and stuff. Like, it builds, yeah. like, in, in that case for, like, the mystery because you're, like, but you know, you, you kind of get the feeling that he's a bad guy. But in, up until, like, that um, party when he's, like, who do you think pushed you out? Like, he's still in that, like, sort of mentor role. So I thought that was, like, a good, like, twist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I was like watching it for the first time, I thought that was a good twist uh, for the for the character. But at the same time, like then like the the payoff was just like, oh yeah, I just want to build we more weapons and like stuff. But yeah. Um. So then, let me see what else I have later. Oh yeah, and then I have and uh, when he's making the uh, Mach two or whatever, the biggest laugh of the movie is the stupid robot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. 
<laughs> getting him uh, sprayed down after he crashes. <laughs> I uh, I really liked seeing him build the suit so much because I think the fact that they used a lot of tangible, like, physical props instead yeah. of it just being CGI stuff. So, like, it really was more interesting from a visual perspective to just see him and, like, that was the stuff. To me, that was arguably, like, my favorite moments of the movie was just seeing him build the Mach 2, the Mach 3, and, like, going through all the trials of him flying. Like, to me, that was, like, my yeah. favorite stuff in the movie. I-, I thought that was cool. And I know on, like, the, uh, like, DVD extras, they, like, show, like, how they, like, made it look so practical and stuff with uh, how it, instead of, like, CGI in it or holding him, like, by his waist and stuff, they had him, like, hold held up by, like, each of his parts that was, uh, you know, propelling him so it looked more natural. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's that's the the, the uh, Star Wars savior, John Favreau, is just a uh, <laughs> vision. What a way to start off the uh, universe with with Favs. Yeah, Favs can uh, Favs can do it all except a Lion King remake. He can do it all. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> back to the party scene. That's also when we get the very first um, Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, as uh, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a good. Uh, that was a good that's that's the good kind of cameos where he just like turns around and does nothing and it really means nothing to the plot. <laughs> yeah. And so and then once we get to the later movies, that's when it's like, oh, everybody's waiting for the Stan Lee cameo. Let's just push him out in front and make it really obvious. That's what just he does those even in the uh like not before like the uh MCU and stuff he was always in. Oh yeah, because he was in uh Spider-Man three and was like, you know, I guess one man can make a difference. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> wow. R.I.P. Stan Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't yet, for him, none of this would have been here. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, that that second that that party where uh Obadiah tells him that he's the one that locked him out and stuff that's definitely like where the plot thickens yeah i think in the movie and then we get um a couple minutes later the uh i'd call it the second uh fight scene where he goes to the uh back to the middle east blows up all those people and then i counted uh in my in my count the thing with the plane because that's still like actiony and stuff so yeah it was a good amount of action in this movie. Absolutely. And I really thought that, like, let, let's not forget, as of right now, how long it takes him to put on the suit. Right. Yeah, he's it, not just touching his chest and yeah. turning it. Yeah, there, he has there's an actual system. process. He has to be in a specific area for him to put on the suit. And, like, it really builds itself up with, again, the music and just, like, the shots. Now, granted, obviously, this was in 2008, so not all the visual effects hold up. But, like, just through every other part of what was going on, it still was, like, really entertaining and engaging just to watch him get suited up and all that. So I really thought that was awesome. And then, of course, once he goes and just, like, destroys all the terrorists, like, that was also just awesome. Yeah, I thought that was the really cool part of that was when uh, they're all, like, holding them all the – like refugees hostage and he can just like target all the terrorists like yeah. right away and just <laughs> blast them real quick it was a very uh 
reminiscent of like a Indiana Jones moment where <laughs> yeah. he's just like the guy's he's doing got the, the sword. sword. Yeah, he's got his gun. Just and shoots then... <laughs> it's just like, just these terrorists think that they can handle the Iron Man? <laughs> yeah. Like a big, a big tension. Like there's a lot of tension that's quickly deflated by just one simple action. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that part. I liked, that second one was uh, cool. And then obviously the flying um against like the uh, u.s jets and stuff and then him being on the phone with roadie i thought that it was a that was a fun scene where he's like hanging onto the plane <laughs> and stuff yeah i i love the plane sequence too um did you notice what tony's name in roadie's phone was by any chance no i didn't see <laughs> it's the starkster <laughs> which i i appreciate that little tiny detail that they decided to put in it could have just been sony but the starkster yes on his lg phone <laughs> yeah another product placement moment probably right there so yeah but that was i thought that was one of the better best scenes i think that was my favorite like action sequence because then the third one is just too like pretty much cgi things yeah. fighting each other which it's it was cool and stuff and like it, <laughs> it got the job done but i liked that uh that second one was definitely my favorite uh action scene of the movie action sequence yeah i would uh i would definitely agree with that um after the whole plane sequence that's when we also get um our first appearance of one of the villains from spider-man far from home. <laughs> i had the same thing wrote in my notes so let's get the guy from far from home <laughs> <laughs> they really they really want to make sure they, that you know everything in this universe is connected they really want yes to, Pull that out but then we also get what's probably both of our favorite lines of uh tony stark was able to build this in a cave the box of scraps yeah i love that line because i think it's indicative too of uh this movie being the start of the mcu and how things were so like disjointed like didn't they not even have like a full script and yeah. stuff like they they had they basically built this movie in a cave with a box of scraps <laughs> and i think it was just like the perfect line. it's like my favorite line of this movie them, <laughs> them for uh this movie the way the script worked it worked a lot like how uh curb your enthusiasm scripts work where they kind of have a basic layout and they're like maybe say this line try to drop a hint in here or there but then for the most part it's like all improvised essentially and then they now just what, try to keep the consistency of the lines as they go along now was Ju um justin thoreau was he the technically the writer of this one or is that the second i think that's the second one iron man of, yeah um, we'll check our the, we'll do our research it says right here <laughs> the screenplay of this movie was by mark fergus hawk otsby art markham and matt holloway so that is so, yeah justin thoreau must have wrote the the second and third ones which when i saw that i thought that was funny too because i always think of him from either the leftovers or, uh, or the dj from zoolander because <laughs> he's that no no i don't think of him as that i think of him as the weird uh, hippie guy in wanderlust <laughs> oh. <laughs> the movie uh, that only people watch on tbs i'm pretty <laughs> i'm pretty funny. sure shane black wrote iron man 3 yeah no justin throw only wrote the second iron Man. he only wrote the second one well yeah. still like that's just just weird to think of that yeah how about that right there um so after we get to box of yeah. scraps all that stuff then we have the tease for next time is when he goes to fight him is right before the last fight scene is the as terrence howard looks at the suit and goes next time and then the suit looks back at him and is like 
no <laughs> not you <laughs> well i was even gonna say um right before that um when jeff bridges is essentially like stealing tony's heart and he's oh, yeah, like, the all is lost moment yeah one of the things i wrote down was when he's like you think just because this is your idea you get to keep it and that made me think of seinfeld when it's like elaine what are you talking about ideas are in the air where if it's my idea then it's my air and i want it back so. <laughs> i was thinking of that but then i was also thinking of like uh jeff bridges is sort of like disney the Mar the arc reactor is kind of like marvel and tony stark is kind of like directors having a say in what their movie is because <laughs> taking it and being like yeah this is ours now you're not we're just gonna let you just stand by and do whatever because yeah we need to make a bunch of money off of this for exactly. Big Mouse. so john favreau inadvertently uh also created a scene that's very reminiscent of what actually happens with the future marvel movies essentially so yeah um, and then I was going to say in that, so in that third, uh, fight scene, action scene, um, we have like the arc reactor, like going into a sky beam. Yeah. I, so we have sky beam number one. Well, I, cause it's not like a traditional sky beam where things are coming down, but it still is a beam to go to the sky. And I was going to say, do you think that sky beam has anything to do with like the, like the way that the rest of like everything gets just ramped up more and more because like that's this you think the sky beam goes to the space and alerts uh you know i it's extraterrestrials to uh the presence of uh humans and they pay more attention to earth or do you think it's uh, just a uh no. artistic <laughs> moment <laughs> i'm gonna go out on a limb and say no i think it was just uh they needed to th think of a way to just like beat jeff bridges and they're like oh well he's over an arc reactor let's just have the light go up in the sky because yeah, the sky beams say, were all the rage back I, then yeah i want to say late 2000s early 2010s is like right when a lot of third acts for uh action movies were just sky beams in the air i think that happens like three or four more times at least in the first phase <laughs> like yeah <laughs> it's Skybeam and cgi armies <laughs> yeah that's their uh that's their out right there so yeah. yeah. So the third, the third and final fight scene, or the fourth one, I guess, if you want to say the plane is a second, a separate. I was saying that's still part of two. So this is just my third action sequence. Yeah, I would. Uh, man, I don't know. This was my least favorite of the action sequences. I just, I don't know. I didn't really, I don't really like it when it is just the two CGI monsters going up against each other, essentially. And I mean, it probably was better back then when it was like the visual effects were much better. But at this point, it just was kind of like I was watching a cutscene of a video game almost. So it didn't really work for me too much. And I was, I wouldn't say I was checked out. I was just kind of like let down almost by that. That was like the my least favorite action scene. And I kind of liked everything else beforehand going up. So yeah, uh, the only, the part I, uh, it's not that I liked, I just remember the most of, from that scene is when, uh, the dude is throwing the uh, car so at him, the it. minivan with the people in it, and they're just screaming, and they run over Tony Stark. <laughs> they're just freaking yeah, out. I liked that. And that even also has a little bit of an Indiana Jones moment, too, when he's, like, holding onto the bottom of the yeah. car, trying to slide underneath it. So, yeah, that's that's a nice little moment right there. And then um, we also get, when he obviously, we get, I think the, the coolest part, I think, of the movie is the end, because so many, like superhero movies up until like this point was always secret identity secret yeah. identity uh and even they're sort of even leaning into that with uh like uh him and pepper's like conversation like beforehand of like 
not like talking about it and then uh shield giving him like the details of like oh here's what really happened so we can cover your like bases and stuff and then it just ends with i am iron man and it's just like all right that's cool like now we have like an actual superhero people know who they are and he doesn't care so i thought that was like that sort of set the tone then uh for for, like the way the rest of it goes because i don't think the mcu other than uh spider-man really like yeah but at this point now because they revealed it at the end of far from home right right but but i think like i think that's what made it cool was you didn't have to like really be like oh it's their secret identity like it's like because i mean i think those are always such stupid plot lines of like oh yeah you can't tell this is the person it's so obvious when there's like (laughs) somebody like being a superhero (laughs) always showing up at the right time don't get me wrong i do really like that i think that it is cool and it's perfectly in character of tony stark to just reveal like yeah i am iron man yeah Uh, i do like all that but i also kind of miss like the secret identities a little bit like Uh, why do you think dcu hasn't taken off because it's all about everybody has a stupid secret like Wonder Woman's thing? No, but she like, doesn't even have a mask. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not saying any of that. Like, sure, some of them. Like, I mean, once we get again into Spider-Man, way down the line, like that's one of the things that does make him really interesting. Is that that'll be in about twenty podcasts. From yeah, now. in about in about twenty <laughs> podcasts from now, you'll hear me complain about this and how they might make him less interesting of a character because. He can just do whatever he wants, and everybody knows it's Peter Parker. Like, I, it's him. It's more interesting if he has a secret identity. It doesn't work for every single character. It works perfectly fine for Tony Stark. It works for Thor because he's a Norse god. Like, of course, who would care about that? Like, but I mean, for some characters, it doesn't always work. It takes away an interesting layer of like what makes them so much fun to watch. The fact that. Like, I don't know. I can talk about this more when we get I don't know. I liked it. I, I like I, no, I like it too. I'm just saying, I don't You're like how it's for the levels. Everyone. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, I don't like how it is for, like, everyone. I do like it, but, like, and it especially works, but that's just what I think. So that takes us to almost the end of the movie. But first, we get a post-credit scene. Yeah. Uh, I mean, post-credit scene, Nick Fury want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative like yeah very that sort of sets sets like uh okay cool like if, if for people like because if people like that were big into comics like they know like obviously about the Avengers like and how big that is beforehand but I think to the regular audience and stuff like how when if, if we ever get Ben to call in our brother <laughs> Ben to call in on a uh, movie and give a review he'll be like yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> He'll be like, what's the Avengers? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. But I think it is it does it is sets up it sets the table too for like the post credit of where people almost go see the movie and sit through the two hours just to get to the thirty seconds at the end to see what's next. Yeah. And I think that was uh, an awesome uh, marketing plan for the MCU. Absolutely. Um, that's how it became so big, where at the end, the end of the movie, like that part became more important than the yeah. whole thing you just it's, watched. It's as important because if you don't see the post credit scene, you're going to be lost about what happens in the next right. movie. So, 
Yeah, I think uh, I think it's an overall good post credit scene. It's uh, a good way to get it hyped up. Um, I just know we're going to have way more fun ones in the future. So. Oh, yeah. And then um, I think to sort of bring a, bring a whole perspective to what we uh, got so far from this movie. So uh, superheroes we know about in the MCU after this movie is just Iron Man. Yes. And then we have some key MCU others. We have Jarvis, a.k.a. Vision. Like, he's Rem- technically in it. Yep, Jay, we got Rhodey, uh, Nick Pepper, Fury, Happy, Agent Coulson, Pepper Potts, and Arc Reactor guy who gets yelled at by the dude. <laughs> future villain, major villain of uh, Spider-Man future Far From Home. Guy future here. major villain. I don't get why he was so mad at Tony Stark. Tony Stark didn't that's, even... That's what I thought, <laughs> I was like, wouldn't he be mad at Jeff Bridges? He yelled at him. Yeah. Get over it, man. It was like 10 years ago. I know, they all got other jobs. Jeez, some people... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, was Captain Marvel needed for this? Cause as we know, Nick Fury knows about Captain Marvel at this point in the MCU. Was she needed to come in and save the day? I think it's an easy answer of no. Yeah, absolutely, was, absolutely not. Tony handled it very well, more, more than very well. He did a great job, especially for fighting his first, first villain. He really didn't like hesitate. He kind of knew what he was doing. He was winning just about the whole time. So Captain Marvel didn't need to get called in. No, he did not need the Captain Marvel beeper to uh, go off and send an interstellar transmission with nineteen early nineteen nineties technology. Just, just to play Jeff Bridges, <laughs> yeah, just giant to, suit in a giant suit. And then uh, another thing I had in my notes. Um, so the terrorist organization is the Ten Rings. So what do you think that's going to mean for the? What is it, Shinchi? Yeah, I was going to say the Ten Rings because so, like. As we know, they try Because I know to what the Ten Rings are in the real Marvel Universe and stuff. It's just how they sort of set it up with being like this so far in so, their MCU. As we know, because, yeah, honestly, I completely forgot that the Ten Rings were even a thing in this movie, really. Um, as That's why we, I wrote it down, because it's, it's, it, it's only for people that do podcasts and, like, pay attention to every detail that probably notice that and would go back and be like, ooh, what are you going to do? But, like, every other of the billion people that are going to see the movie are not going to care. <laughs> um... Oh God! What's the what's the villain of the third one? I want I know it's not Man- the Mandarin. Mandarin. I, I was. Only <laughs> it's thinking. not the Mandalorian. I, I was thinking that. Yeah. We got but. Mando coming down. So I know it's supposed Baby Yoda. to be. Yeah, I know it's supposed to be with uh, him. It is in the Favreverse. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> might as well. Why not? Who cares? And then Elf comes in to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> they get uh, uh, Vince Vaughn from Swingers to come in and make some yucks also. Yeah, he goes, twinkle, twinkle, baby. Twinkle, twinkle. Um, But yeah, I know that he does something with the Ten Rings, and we know that he ends up being a fake in Iron Man 3. Right. But well, apparently they're going to have the real one in Shinshi Shinshi. <laughs> <laughs> shinshi shinshi uh no the uh yeah because the 10 rings were like 10 literal rings that like were alien rings that just had a whole bunch of power and stuff um that the mandarin uh used to like you know do magic and control so things it's almost like the infinity stones but rings kind of uh yeah kind of but uh, they're definitely not as powerful as like the infinity stones they're just like more advanced than human technology gotcha 
Gotcha. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess they'll somehow relate. I mean, hey, they somehow related this to Far From Home, so I'm sure there'll be some sort of another relation that we probably missed on now that'll eventually come in once we get to Shinshi Shinshi. Yes. Shit, what is the actual name of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I probably should say it correctly. <laughs> Shane Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, it's even in the title, so you know it's a key part. <laughs> ah, well, there you go. How about yeah, that? And then I'm um, just looking at some other, if I had anything else in here in um, my notes. Obviously, most iconic quote is definitely I am Iron Man, even though I like the Tony Stark was able to build this yeah. cave. Oh, yeah, that's like, I am Iron Man is like, it's the quote of it's, like the whole the, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the quote. Of, it's what set it off. It's definitely the quote for this. Um, yeah, and then I think uh, things to look forward to for the next movie, uh, since we only, we don't really get teased anything about Hulk or anything. So yeah. it's it's not like we even know that that's like, I guess they know it's coming if you know when movies are coming out or if it's been, I don't remember 2008. Well, the, uh, I'm sure I'm sure by the time uh, 2008, this like came out in May and I want to say Hulk came out in probably like June, July. So Oh, like back to back almost? Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really close. So. Yeah, I just know that this Iron Man movie was a big success. Um, do you have the uh, box office stuff for it? Uh, yes. So this is what the box office for Iron Man was. The budget was 140 million, and the box office was 585.3 million. So I'd so say that's a success. Definitely a big success. <laughs> um, until of course the Dark Knight comes out and pretty much blows it out of the water and makes like double what that made. But still, big success. Yeah. Yeah, but I think for like, because the Dark Knight didn't build a universe though like around yeah. like, like it just it had set up this the next sequel and stuff but i think for what this movie was where this movie and for what the mcu ended up being where it's almost like a tv series that you go to the movies to watch yeah it's a good pilot episode it's a it's it's a fantastic pilot episode especially knowing how pilot episodes are usually like the worst episode <laughs> but There's this a, one definitely is not the this one for since i know we're doing hulk next and i've watched that one this week already yeah <laughs> we are it is not the worst one <laughs> the iron man is yeah i haven't haven't seen hulk in a while and i thought i had the dvd of it but i don't know um i don't know where it is <laughs> so i gotta yes. find it online somewhere must have <laughs> much, much like uh, the rest of the MCU, it has been lost and forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's Iron Man. Then. Yeah. You have any final thoughts on it other than, yeah, I think this Fine. one, I, I would say uh, this one is definitely for um, like, as far as if it's on TV, are you watching it? If like, it's on TV, they play they play these out all the time on TV. So I think that's the if, best way to say because obviously we we've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah, and it's one it's uh, you know when like a movie you love is on TV, even though you've seen it and you know you're gonna sit through commercials. That's, well, that, you watch yeah, that's it. that's like Austin <laughs> so, Powers Zoolander. Like that's like that level of uh, <laughs> movies. So if this movie's on TV and you know you're gonna have to sit through commercials and you know you don't have to start it from the beginning. If you just flip it on, are you watching yeah. it till the end? This is a movie that I will, 
if it's on TV, I see it on the guide. I will put it on, see what moment of the movie it is, and maybe watch maybe a commercial break just to kill a little bit of time. Which, I mean, it, for, for me personally, that's pretty big because, you know, I'm either just waiting for the next show to come on or I just got to kill time until I got to go somewhere. And I'm like, I'll just put on Iron Man, I guess. I can kill about 15, 20 minutes watching this. So for me, that's a big compliment if you're able to do that with these <laughs> movies. So don't think that that's nothing. So yes, that's that's my TV recommendation. I so guess. yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, me too. I'm definitely, uh, especially if it's getting close to the uh, built this in a cave with a box of scraps part. I, I'm definitely, uh, yeah. Wait, I'm definitely watching at least through that. And then... That him taking down the terrorists, the the uh, flight sequence against the planes. Definitely watching that. Yeah, I think uh, out of like out of the MCU movies, it's definitely one of those that I am uh, you know watching when it's on TV because it's. <laughs> It's a good for because there's been so many uh, intro stories and like beginning like hero stories that we've seen it yeah. so many times and I think this one does a good job of not wasting too much time on building the world and building the character and stuff. It just goes go and like I said, yeah. it starts off two minutes. There's action, so you can. Yeah. It's, and the best thing is you don't need to see like 10 other movies to understand what's going on. in this. Right. Yeah. This one's the easiest that's, one to understand off the bat. It's the first one. Why I like it so much. It felt yeah. like, it felt like a throwback to a simpler time. So Iron Man, definitely good movie. Definitely has rewatchability and uh, it's a great way to kick off the MCU and uh, look forward to uh, continuing down our journey of uh going through these movies and eventually yeah. going through the TV shows. Cause I'm excited to see all the uh, content that they're going to be putting out. <laughs> so much content, so much content. We won't get into it now, but uh, yeah, there was some uh, interesting content that just dropped with uh, the last episode of WandaVision, but we'll cover that. And when we we'll, talk, we'll get, talk about WandaVision, we'll get to that in like 30 pods. We'll save it for the pod. <laughs> yeah. So uh, incredible Hulk coming up next. Yep. Iron Man, I <laughs> out. <laughs>